Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 291 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Who, who does a podcast for that long? Who really does a podcast for that long? Tell me, darling. I do. Um, I, I, I do that, definitely. Please stick around for this entire intro. I promise to keep it short and sweet, but it will be very useful, and it's things you need to know. Today's episode is with G.S. Youngblood, who, oh my gosh, y'all, I shared his book, The Masculine in Relationship, on Instagram, and I think within like two hours, I had like 20 messages being like, bought it, bought it, bought it, in the cart, bought it, Amazoned it, yep, got it. Um, it's a great book. It is a fabulous book, and I love that so many women were buying it. Um, to learn about the masculine in relationship alongside of learning about the feminine. But he writes this book that just really needed to be written. Like it really needed to be written, bringing down some of these esoteric theories around the feminine and masculine and bringing it into modern day terms that people from all walks of life can understand. He does a really great job at that. And that was his goal was to find a way to write this book so that the everyday man could understand how to show up in relationship and lead and why and why lead. Like what is the purpose of that? And that is something we talk about in today's episode. Because one of the questions I had for GS Youngblood was why is it that the masculine pole holder in many cases, the man, is the one to make the decisions. Why not her? You know, I mean, I'm raising my hand saying I am tired. Don't get me wrong. I am tired from making the decisions. But so is he. So why is it him that it goes to making the decisions? Why? Why not me? Why don't I bite the bullet? I mean, again, I don't want to. But (laughs) explain to me, why does it make more sense for him to step up to the plate if we're both tired? And he answered the question so beautifully. And he also talks about the three-part masculine blueprint, which is in his book. You're going to hear all about that. And he talks about the different flavors of men, the different types of men. We go into a lot in this episode. And I have a feeling this episode is going to be really, really great for the men in your life. So do not hesitate. Don't be shy. I say forward this to your brothers, your partners, your husbands, your boyfriends, your brother husbands. Like sister wives, get it? No? Okay. Moving right along then. GS is a coach for men in relationship. He's a former Silicon Valley executive. He's the founder of a tech company that he eventually sold. Way to go. And the author of two books, including the recently published The Masculine in Relationship. His teachings are based on 12 years as a student and creator in the realm of the masculine-feminine dynamic, as well as principles he pulls from a variety of fields, psychology, martial arts, tango, meditation, and BDSM. I'll make sure to have the link to his book in the show notes for this episode. If you want to buy it, go there. It'll be waiting for you. And it will also be in the summary of the podcast episode in your podcast app. How easy can we make it? Okay, and the only other announcement I have for you today, because I know you're still super duper excited to hear about it, and that is the cart for B-School is opening tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it's like Christmas Day, y'all. I get all these jitters and I get so excited for all of you men and women about to embark on the journey of B-School, like making 
a commitment and a promise to yourself to build the online business you know you want to make so you can have digital nomad freedom, you can work from your bedroom, you can take trips when you want to take, you can eat when you want to eat, you can charge what you want to charge, and you can make a living doing something good. Being an online coach, teaching people how to love themselves, love their body, have better relationships, the feminine and masculine, spirituality, or divorce coaching, helping people get through divorces, uh, child parent coaching, whatever it is that you're wanting to coach. It's hard to do it alone. It really is. Um, there's a lot of different moving pieces to look at when you're creating a business. There is the how, and then there's the what. There's the how of how do I create clients? How do I get my website up? How do I push live? How, how often do I write blog posts for free? Do I create a podcast? Do I create a YouTube channel? There's the how and the setup and the marketing and the branding. And then there's the feminine. Like all those things are the masculine. And then there's the feminine, which is the what. What will I put in the YouTube channel? What will I write about today? What will we talk about in our coaching sessions? What tools am I going to share? What's going in my Instagram caption? Like that's the fun feminine. But in order for the fun feminine to truly come out and play... You need the masculine. You need the structure, the due dates, the, the self-appointed due dates, the branding so you know with clarity what your logo is, what colors you're going to use, where you're going to publish your content. All of those questions need to be checked off. They need to be done with, out of the way. And you can 110% do all of this on your own without B-School. But if you don't have to, and you can have structure and guidance and have it taken care of for you and you just know you're going to be taught, why not? For me, it made things a lot easier, or I'll say simpler. That's a better word. Got a lot more clarity, and it showed me things I wouldn't have thought of on my own. I would have had to seek them out. And if I didn't know to seek them out, I wouldn't have done it. Um, so... Today, video three will be releasing. You can go to mattymoon.com forward slash b-school, all one word, to get the third video of the b-school series. Now remember, you're going to first go through the three free videos. The three free videos have a purpose. The purpose is not to secretly sell you on something like a lot of free videos can be. No, no, no. The purpose of this is very clear. It is to give you a taste of B-School. There's no hiding about it. If you're interested in, in B-School, you want to sign up for these three videos to get a taste of Marie's teaching style. If you're going to be taught by her, you want to make sure you like listening to her. You like learning from her. You feel good in her presence. So go to maddiemoon.com forward slash b-school. Make sure you're signing up for those videos. Watch all three. Put everything to the side. Put away your phone. Put away your music. Put away cooking. Just sit and watch these videos. Maybe have a pen and paper. Slow down. Listen to her. Feel into what she's saying. And notice if your body is having the sensation of contracting or expanding. Do you want more? Do you feel bigger? Do you feel light listening to her? Or do you feel closed and uh, turned off and irritated? 
Like notice how your body feels because it's not about her. She's just the vehicle. However you feel is going to be either an expansion into your dreams. Like, yes, I'm expanding. This feels good because I'm ready to invest in my business in this way. Or the contraction is maybe, no, I actually really don't want to be investing in B-School for my business. This isn't the right fit for me. And both of them are perfectly fine. So again, go to maddiemoon.com forward slash B-School, all one word. And tomorrow, the actual cart opens. If you've already signed up for the video series, you will be notified of the cart opening. I will also be sharing the link to the open cart in the show notes for this episode right here with GS Youngblood tomorrow. So today is Wednesday when this is releasing. Tomorrow it will be Thursday and I will be releasing that link. It will be on my Instagram. It will be on the show notes for this. I'll make sure that I share that wide and far through the land so you do not have to search for it. It will come to you. If you have any questions on it, you can also email me. And the last thing I will mention before we sign off here is that there are some freebies when you sign up for B-School through me. So many people are affiliates for B-School, and so we have to make sure that we have f- nice bonuses that are fun and people want. And so for me, I'm just going to include my best-selling course. I'm including the Feminine Spirit School, which is a $1,500 course. It is almost the same price as B-School. So you're going to be getting a value of $3,500 right there for uh, only the, the price of B-School, which is 2000 So you'll be getting my entire course, my best-selling hit program that I've poured my heart and soul and lifeblood into with the past several years training with my teachers and doing my own work. So you're going to be getting a huge lineage of feminine, masculine, shadow work, healing the ancestral wounds, inner child work, so much in that course, you'll get it for free. And you'll also be getting three audios on how to host your own event, how to attract your ideal clients, and how to start a podcast. So again, like right there, that's another $500 in value of the wisdom I had to learn on my own. So when you sign up with me for B-School, you will have that. And I will most likely create some sort of Facebook group or WhatsApp group or something so everyone can stay in contact and encourage each other through the B-School building Uh, experience because community is needed and last but not least I will mention that b-school when you sign up for it you are included in a ginormous community that is so inspiring that's one of the reasons some people sign up for b-school is only for the connections it is so worth it just because of that because of the people you meet the connections you have you will be making so many friends and you will be inspired by seeing the business building process of other people and you'll learn from them and you'll learn from Marie and her team and the people she brings in for bonus interviews and all the worksheets and tools and assignments. You get so much, y'all. You get so much. You can't get this much anywhere else. So again, if you are interested in joining my team, you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash be school and you will get everything you need right there. And the link to just go ahead and sign right on up for B-School will be on the show notes. And I will make sure I also include it in next week's episode. And that's all we have today. If you're if you're missing out on last week's episode, if you didn't hear it, go listen to that with Marie for Leo. It will give you a lot of insight as well. And you'll hear from the woman herself. But for now, whew, let's center back on GS. This man, this man, he is 
so on fire with the masculine teachings of the world. I'm proud to have him on the podcast today. Let's go hear what he has to say. And we are back on the Mind Body Musings podcast, and we are here with G.S. Youngblood. <laughs> oh my God, this book is so phenomenal. Your wow. book is phenomenal. Yeah, I've been I've been saving saying that to you because I just wanted to get this on air. <laughs> but I wanted to praise you for like, like. There are a lot of amazing books out there on the divine masculine and how we can be conscious in relationships and. I have yet to read one myself that is truly written for men. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm a student of David Data's lineage, I haven't even read The Way of the Superior Man yet. So <laughs> this is actually one of the first books that I've, I've read that's written specifically for men on how to um, be the leaders in relationship. Because a lot of the work that I'm doing is like, how do I evoke that mm -hmm. from the masculine? And it was so refreshing just to be reading these words of how to, rather than waiting for her to change, be that change in relationship to take her deeper. And you covered so many bases in this book. It is so well-rounded and it's written in a way that's down to earth. So I can tell you come from a world where you're around people who don't quite know all this language, the spiritual language we use in this um, in this field of tantric arts and uh, yogic <laughs> intimacy. So I want to praise you. Thank you for writing this book. Wow, Madeline, that feels good to hear. Um, it was a labor of love. I've worked on it for six years, and quite frankly, it was 20 years learning the lessons that are in there. Um, and so to hear you say that, somebody who, who is, I, I perceive to be an empath and uh, pretty knowledgeable in, in this polarity dynamic. Um, so that feels good. It was definitely a labor of love. Yeah. I, I mean, doing the feminine side of the work, um, there's a little bit of a struggle here. And actually, my first question is, is going to be around people who want their partner, who are people who are feminine beings who want their partner to read this book. Mm -hmm. um, so I posted something like a quote that you have in here. And I was like, oh, I love this book. It's so good. And I had all these women being like, oh, my gosh, this looks amazing. How do I get my partner to read this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so from everything that I know, typically, that is a form of the feminine leading the masculine to do something. And it could be emasculating to get your partner to read a book about the masculine being like, hey, you need this book. You need to read How to Lead Me Better. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to emasculate you. So you have this really powerful book. How do feminine beings encourage their partner to read something like this without emasculating them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question because uh, we men, we're, uh, you may be shocked to know that we sometimes uh, you know, are driven by our ego and we get bruised easily uh, from <laughs> criticism or feedback from our woman. And so you hit it on the head. It's not something you can come and say, this is how I want you to be. Um, I can say as a man, if, if I reverse the situation and we're my woman bringing this book to me, yeah, you know, put it, bring it in the house, set it down and don't say a word. And eventually, trust me, eventually the guy will pick it up because he wants, he wants to uh, embody these characteristics, but he doesn't want to be told that he needs it, but he'll come to it uh, on his own. So just leave the book by the, you know, by the bedstand and don't say a word. Really? Okay. I like yeah. that. 
I like yeah. that. That's a real. That's a really genius way to do that. And it's simple. yeah. And of course, it, it it it'll be hard. It'll be tempting to push and say, "Well, did you pick it up? Did you pick it up?" Because you know, you guys, you want more from us. And one of the things I write in the book is, when your woman stops calling you out, actually, that's trouble because she stopped believing in you. And the reason she calls you out is because she's in pain, seeing you not be your full self, seeing you not bring everything that you could uh, to the relationship. So. Uh, you know, resist the temptation to to push or ask about the book and just let it sit. Mm, mm, so good. Yeah, that's really helpful. What got you into all this work? Take us back. Yeah, 10-year marriage that um, imploded in about the worst possible way for me. And um, I was in pain for a long while, actually. And that was my fuel because I, I, <laughs> I spent 10 years figuring out how not to be in relationship. And uh, I was not in touch with my emotions. I did not um, acknowledge my own insecurities. I didn't know what it meant to step up and lead. And I was married to a very capable woman. And unfortunately, I used that as an unconscious excuse to myself to let her handle a lot of things. And she did not feel led. Um, and consequently, she did not feel loved. And it didn't work out. And for a long time, I blamed her. And as I got into the David Data work, as I got into the polarity work uh, and a lot of other teachers, I started to realize that uh, maybe it wasn't about her. It was about me and the, and, and the ways that I didn't step up. So the pain of that marriage ending was my fuel to write this book. And then um, I was fortunate enough uh, in the next phase of my life while I was writing uh, to be in relationship with a very powerful, very feminine woman. And so... I, I wasn't just writing about things or going to a workshop or doing trainings and, and uh, getting academic knowledge. I was, I was putting it into practice every day uh, to varying degrees of success and seeing what worked. And so I, as I look back, I've got that phase where I, I know I didn't do it the right way um, and it had consequences. And uh, over the last 10 years, I've just tried to really put into practice these principles that, uh, that are in the book. Mm. Speaking of the principles, there are three masculine blueprints that you list, and I just want to yeah. jump right on in because they're just they're just brilliant and um, they're so important. So, what are the three masculine blueprints that you have coined and constructed that are going to be the the groundwork and the foundation for the men reading this book, learning how to lead, as you call it, their woman better? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, the reason that I have a, a blueprint or a framework is because guys typically, you know, will look at me and just say, all right, just tell me what to do. Uh, just tell me what to do and I'll run, I'll run right through that brick wall and make it happen. So the blueprint was a, a, my attempt to make it very actionable. And so there's three elements to the blueprint. The first is respond versus react. Uh, the second is provide structure. And the third is create safety. Mm. So um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love that little noise. <laughs> Nice. So how about I start with the first one? Yeah. So respond versus react. So this is the distinction of a man who either um, chooses how he relates to the world, chooses what he says, how he responds to people, even how he moves physically. And this is in contrast to a man who is, um, he lives his life in a reactive mode. You know, he's, everything he does is a reaction to stimuli. So, you know, if his if his woman is, is, is really angry with him, he is being very reactive to that. And some of the ways that manifests is uh, nice guy syndrome, where you give up all your needs and you're just trying to go along to get along. Uh, could be approval seeking behavior where 
you're just, your radar is tuned on everybody else. And, um, you know, you're doing this little course corrections to make sure that people like you. Uh, it could be withdrawal or shutdown. Um, men are very good at shutting down when the woman gets emotional and just withdrawing from her, which I know is very, very painful for the feminine. Mm. Um, the, the biggest one of all is defensiveness. Uh, where we try to explain or change your mind about what happened and sort of deal at that factual level rather than at the feelings level. Mm -hmm. And all of those types of reactive behaviors really are down in the nervous system. You know, they're down at a level that's way below your thoughts and, and kicks in before you can even think to do otherwise. And that's what I spend a lot of time in the book talking about that, you know, you can chase your tail and try to change your behaviors as a man. But what you have to do is you have to go right after the anxiety that sits underneath. It's down at that nervous system level because that is the core of all of a man's non-masculine behaviors in, in my worldview. Hmm. And so that starts with um, getting a relationship with your own emotions. And I know for many men that sounds cliche um, because there's been a lot of talk on that in popular media. But I try to bring a lens to my discussion of emotions that is very much about uh, how it relates to building your masculine core. So that's one, getting in touch with your emotions. And then the other part is embodiment and um, getting more into your body uh, is a way to get past the reactivity. And uh, so I, in the book, I give a, a number of exercises that have worked for me and I encourage men, every man, the number one thing you can do is have a daily embodiment practice. Mm, okay. So that's, so, yeah. So many things, so many amazing things here. Um, there's something about this. I want to go all the way back to the nice guy. Can you elaborate on the nice guy? And, and what does the nice guy do for the feminine nervous system when she's around a nice guy? What, what kind of, uh, you know, unseen dynamic happens within this? Yeah. So uh, the forward in the book is written by a gentleman named Dr. Robert Glover. He's a friend of mine. He wrote a very famous book that I think most people know, No More Mr. Nice Guy. So he elaborates, you know, that's the Bible. So I definitely recommend readers who have not seen that book. Just go read it. Great book. It's a classic. Nice guys um, hide themselves. They hide their needs. They hide their truth. They do anything to go along to get along. And they actually think they're being uh, a good man. And really what they're doing is, number one, making people not trust them, particularly their woman who, who feels right through them. She can feel this. Um, and you know, she's not going to trust his yes because he doesn't have a no. She's mm -hmm. not going to trust his opinions because she'll be worried that he's withholding them. And so, <clears throat> and, and underneath, just as a behind the scenes thing, nice guys, even though they seem nice, they're angry. They're angry at the world for, uh, for, because they blame the world for not allowing them to sort of be the man they want to be. And so they're nice on the, on the surf, uh, they're nice on the surface, but they're angry underneath. And again, any reasonably conscious woman is going to feel right through that. And so it's a very dangerous and, uh, counterintuitive way that some men choose to be. Mm. When I was in relationship with the nicest guys of my past, I remember <laughs> there was like this, they were pretty short lived because I would mm. go in between like the, the nice guys and then like the sarcastic, funny guys that were also really muting mm. a lot of their feelings um, to like fairly aggressive men in the Marines. And like, like just, I've had the, the a very diverse experience with dating different types and flavors of men. Yeah. And I would say the nice guy is the one that 
would draw me in so much at first, like picking me up from the airport, making like, I remember dating this one man who did pick me up from the airport and he was, bless his heart, he was going, he was trying so hard. It was so beautiful. He like made me a poster that was like, welcome home, Madeline, like made me a poster. I came back from Israel. Um, He cooked me. Uh, my favorite meal of like ground meat and sweet potatoes and roasted broccoli, like had it in a mm. tub of wear, had this, um, uh, he already had a, a session booked for me to go float in one of those float tanks so I could realize, like he just, yeah. whoa, blasted me. Yeah. yeah, blasted me with attention. The thing that so many of us women are saying that we want, like think about yeah. me. Like, But then there was something underneath that that I was like. You were missing. I can't have this flavor for the rest of my life and no other flavors because he wasn't bringing another flavor. Like um, I had talked to a a friend of mine who you may know, his name is Wes Kennedy. He does Mm -hmm. this work. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling him about this. It was a couple years ago because I was just Mm -hmm. like, why do, why do I have this amazing thing? And then yet I don't want it. And he was like, well, he can't pin down your wrists. Yep. And I was like, that's what it is. He's so nice that when it comes to putting me, this powerful woman in my place, which is actually really healthy for me, I need to be put in my metaphorical yeah. place, right? I hope everyone understands what that means. It just means it's really nourishing for me to surrender and even physically surrender and be like, have my butt spanked. Like I want all that stuff. And I knew he couldn't show up in that way. So then therefore I would still continue to lead energetically and get away with it. Yep. We don't want yeah. to get away with it. A lot of us don't. Some of us do. No. You get sick of it real fast. And what you're saying reminds me that there's, there's a part in the book I write about different archetypes of the masculine. Actually, I talk, I, I'm talking about them as false archetypes. And one of the things I write about is a lot of men come to me and say, well, I see these asshole guys with these beautiful women. So do I need to be an asshole to, to have a beautiful partner? And what I write about is that the, you know, the asshole alpha archetype um, they, they are, do what they do. They are able to be successful in attracting women because of one thing, they live by their own code. And in my experience, and I'd, I'd actually like to hear your take on this, but you know, women will put up with a lot for a while to get a hit of a man that lives by their own code. And so you'll put up with some of the emotional closure that that type might have, some of the lack of respect or validating of your feelings, because that part of them feels really good because you're starved for it, because there's very few men that can live like that. Until it gets old as well. I think my experience is that the alpha male asshole archetype also gets old in a different way. Um, but I, I, hearing me say that, I'd, like to, I'd love to hear your reflection on that. Yeah, I'm, I love that you brought this up because it reminds me of someone else that I was with for a while, the Marine who had PTSD and like, he, I mean, he just was, he was six foot four, tatted up. He had, yeah. you know, a gun underneath the pillow, underneath the mattress. Like he didn't, he didn't carry anything on our first date. He had a rifle. Like he just was, I mean, I should finish that sentence. He had a rifle in the back of his car, just like pinned up, you know, he's just always safe and yeah. ready to go and living by yep. his own code. And there was something about him he was very emotionally abusive, like very, he would gaslight, he would be defensive, but he did it in such a way that was stoic Mm -hmm. that drew me in. And Mm. it's one of the most dangerous things. And I put up with a lot for it because his, his flavor was stoic, dark, masculine, protective hunter, like, just like, I mean, he was strong in, in like the way he presented himself to the world and 
and led and demanded me. I fed all those things I really want, but he did it in a way that was like not heart connected. Yeah. Not for me. It was more about identity based. He was living by his own code. That's his identity yeah. of how he is. Yeah. And, and he it, probably felt a little impermeable to you, to, I'm guessing. What does impermeable mean? Like you couldn't, you couldn't always influence or reach him. Like he yes. just felt a little bit stony. Mm. And that probably, I would imagine, is very painful. It was very painful. But yet I yeah. stayed. I stayed, yes. for, I stayed until I found out he had a family that I didn't know about. <laughs> and then, and then the things. Story ended. deepens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, then things ended. But it was, I mean, it, it, that that to me is really fascinating. That his stoicness drew me in because it led me let me feel more into my feminine. La 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 la, because yeah. it was the total opposite, yeah. right? So. Yeah. So you know, we've really hit on the gold here in that. So for the men listening to this. You need to have, you know, you, you need to have a giving side, like it feels good, but it doesn't feel good if that's your only flavor. And you have to have the dark energy as well. And I think Madeline did a great job and you did a great job of describing what that was, you know, the proverbial pin my wrists down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for any man, it's like you have to have that dark energy side if you want to sustain a high quality woman's interest. And you also have to have the giving side. You also have to have the heartful side. But without the dark energy, eh, it's, it falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're doing it for, for you, right? Like for mm. you as a man in your range, it's a gift to yourself, but also for her. And if you're not connected to your heart, there's going to be, there should be long-term damage. I would think like there's, there was long-term damage for me from that man that I'm still working through all the time yeah. of figuring yeah. out when I'm in the presence of someone that's connected to their heart and when I'm not, because sometimes it can feel the same. It feels uh, magnetizing for me when I truly let go. Mm -hmm. So what is the other archetype you wrote into another one that, um, I forgot the name of it, but it was like, was it like a spiritual, like la 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 man? What was it? It was, well, I call him the, the, the male apologist and it's the guy that's like, Oh, I am so evolved. I'm a new age man. I respect women so much. And you know, all you all are a bunch of chauvinists, you know, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can to sort of repudiate masculinity and talk about how, how neutral and how safe they are. And, uh, you know, some people say that's the new masculine and they identify with that. And, and I say, no, it's actually not. And um, that's a guy that over identifies with create safety. So he's, a, he's over identifying with a third element, which is, you know, I'm going to make everybody feel so safe, but then wonder why everybody's really bored of me. Yeah, but we, we don't feel, we don't really truly feel safe with you when you're trying to make sure everyone feels safe, because yeah. if you're so concerned with everyone feeling safe, how can yeah. you actually be a protector? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, where are you in that equation? You can't even feel the man. He's just trying to make everybody else feel good. So he, he over identifies with the third element, the, the asshole alpha that we talked about over identifies with the second element, which is provide structure. He's providing so much structure. He's just telling everybody what to do. Mm. And that doesn't feel good either. And then there is the, there's, there's a couple of other archetypes. Um, one is uh, he's the guy who's just really tight. You know, I mean, he looks like he walks tight. He, his emotions are compacted. Um, <laughs> and your smile tells me that you know a man like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like I know so many. Yeah, so many. actually, you and I know a common person who I actually modeled this off of. Um, but he's over-identified. Oh. <laughs> He's over-identified with um, the first element, which is respond versus react, because he, he doesn't respond to anything. He's so tight, you know, and, he's, and it's, it can be stoic, 
Um, and you, I know you used the word stoic earlier describing one of your relationships. So, you know, so, some people see these guys and think, oh, that's, that, that's masculine or they identify with masculine. And for me, the true masculine is, is holistic. You actually embody all three of these elements and not just one. Because I think if you just embody one, it gets old and the relationships don't last. Mm -hmm. How does a man learn agility with all of this? If you're trying to, going back over the three things we've listed, like responding mm -hmm. versus reacting, like really feeling her heart, mm -hmm. um, not just reacting from this place of defensiveness or people pleasing, yeah. which I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Creating structure. I mean, your book obviously is the place everyone needs to go to do the deep dive. But for now, if we're going to be doing those two, plus creating safety of like really feeling into not only her heart, but the space's heart and creating safety and structure for her. How do, how do they know what's needed and when? It's a lot to, to be feeling through. It is. You know, there's no answer I can give here. Um, what I can say is go do the exercise. Go do the work in each of those three elements. So, and then when the, when the time comes, you will have so much more um, capability, so much more capacity. And what, you know, if, if, you, if you put in the time, what's needed will, uh, will naturally arise because you're capable of, of all these things. So uh, if you go as a man, if you go and do your um, breathing meditation movement practice every day for 30 minutes for the next year, you will be more settled. You'll be more grounded. So the next time somebody, including your woman, is upset with you, is letting you know it, you're going to be just organically more settled and everything's going to change. It's amazing for me. Things that rattled me 10 years ago, five years ago, don't rattle me now. Mm. And it's simply because I did the nervous system work. So that's number one. Uh, number two, provide structure. Read, I think it's chapter 10 on desire. Just read chapter 10 and do the really super simple exercise of every day in every situation, pause and say, what is it that I want? Absent anybody else's needs, what is it that I want? Now, that's not an instruction to be narcissistic. This is a calisthenic you're going through because most men are sort of, they're tuned to wanting to make their woman happy or they're, you know, selfish assholes. But the guys that are trying to make everybody else happy, just pause and tap into your own desire. Learn to develop your boundaries, your preferences, your needs, and your wants and tell yourself, yeah, it's okay that I want this. And then once you're able to do that, then you can start to factor in other people's needs, but only after. So you know, spend a year doing those calisthenics around getting in touch with your own desires and you will naturally provide more direction in your relationship. Um, and then, you know, creating safety, you know, once you, once you get more grounded through the year of your, of your breathing movement and meditation practice, you're going to have more capacity to be grounded when your woman is sharing her emotions and you're going to be able to make more space. And instead of being uh, going into withdrawal or shutdown or being defensive, uh, you're going to be able to respond with empathy. You're going to be able to respond with more curiosity. So in, in, the, in the book, I give you, I, give you I, I forget how many, but I think it's six different ways that you can respond when your feminine partner is, you know, really in her chaotic emotions. And, you know, use that as your playbook. And you'll, you'll, you'll think, <laughs> you'll discover that things are very, very different. Why do you think it is that most men don't know what they desire? I know that uh, I can speak from experience here from the marriage yeah. as, as embarrassed I am to say that to the world, but um, when we don't lead, when we don't live in our heart, it's painful for our feminine partner. I, I'm obviously not, uh, you know that. Um, 
And then she starts to act in a way that is uh, very animated, seems very baffling to us, seems very chaotic, and seems very attacking. And I say seems. You know, the reality is you guys are just in pain. You know, you're in pain because we're not stepping up. But to us, it feels like we're being attacked and criticized. And it feels like we're not enough, that we're not uh, competent, that we're not attractive, that we're not being a good husband or partner. And so we don't like that. And so we start to just like, okay, all right, just, just, you know, we're so confused. We're just basically, we say either implicitly or explicitly, just tell me what to do so that you'll not be mad at me. And that's in long-term relationship. That's the pattern where men start to kind of spiral down and stop losing touch with what it is that they want. Mm. And so it's, you know, it's a long journey to get there and has a lot of different causes. And so again, it starts with, you know, read the book, learn the skills of leading and loving in relationship. You'll see your feminine partner's behavior start to uh, come down a little bit. It starts to, to mellow and some of that chaos, some of her anger is going to start to abate when you start to love and when you start to leave in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It feels like for tens of thousands of years, men have taken what it is that they want. You know, they've, like, really, they've really known what their desires are. Mm-hmm. They've taken it. They've you know, trampled and destroyed. And, and I don't mean necessarily just like men are doing all this and I don't mean to shame or blame or anything like that. Just that's how the patriarchy created the system to be. And then uh, more recently, we've gone through this wake up call. We've had the Me Too movement that even before that part of the patriarchy was training young boys and men not to feel their feelings. So there's been on one hand going out and getting what you desire and taking it. And then on the other hand, there's just been this total disconnect from feeling and even feeling what you truly want. So a lot of those desires that I'm imagining men were going after is simply what they were told to go after. Mm -hmm. So you are learning now, like the world is waking up to learning both the feminine beings and the masculine beings of what actually is desire for us. Mm. Because what y'all took, or I don't mean it that way, but like what, what the patriarchy took, whatever they wanted, it really wasn't from their own heart. It wasn't from like, this is going to be heart connected. This is conscious. This is for society. It's been passed on from those 10 thousands of years of whatever the originator said everyone needs to create. So now we're all just waking up, women finding their pleasure, men finding their desires and their emotions, all of us learning how to reveal and create this divine union. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because we men are a little bit bimodal. Um, There's the patriarchy and the the alpha asshole types um, who take what they want. And then there's the emasculated man who doesn't even know what he wants. Mm. And uh, it's, it goes back to what we said earlier in this recording was, you know, men, you have to have different energies. You know, it's not one or the other, so stop thinking it is. So for, for the, the men who take what they want, I say read chapter 15. That's about being in your heart, and you'll learn a lot. Um, for men who don't know what they want and are doormats and are just trying to stay out of trouble, the nice guys, you know, read chapter 10 on desire and learn to tap into your desires and, you know, Somewhere, somewhere between the, you know, everyone will meet and they'll have these different energies where they can, they can uh, step up and lead and take charge and they can sit back and feel into the moment through their heart uh, and feel into their partner. Can we talk about y'all making decisions for us? Because this is one of my favorite things and I talk about it all the time to, to feminine beings and I want to hear your perspective as a masculine creature on 
why is it a gift for both you and us for you to make decisions? Yeah. Um, yeah, my take is very based in, I think, David Data Dogma. Um, we, um, we're all, we all have both masculine and feminine energies, of course. And decision-making is a masculine energy generally. Now, I, I'm not saying that as an absolute, but if you're talking about logistical things, it's, you're going to be more in your masculine energy, a man or a woman. And, um, you know, men, when she's at work all day, she's out in the world making her things happen. She's in her masculine energy for most of that. She's making things happen. So when she comes home, you have two choices. You can either be egalitarian or even just leave things to her, and she will stay in that masculine energy. And you know, just speaking from experience, like I love seeing, seeing uh, women that I'm with being in their masculine energy out in the world, but when we're in our intimate space, it actually doesn't feel that great. It's not that fun for me. And so for you men, if you want her in that sort of playful, uh, you know, open, heart-centered reality, um, yeah, exactly, just like that, Madeline. You know, you need to step up and relieve her of decision-making. You need to relieve her of it. It's a gift. And so to, um, to create some structure, and I can go, in, Madeline, I'll, in a second, I'll go into how I sort of advise men on that. But, but men, you know, you can lead her into that space by just taking that burden off of her. And um, going to your question, you know, why does it affect the, the feminine? It's just, you know, you guys have been in that masculine energy. In, in my view, for, for most, you know, if I make any gender statement, I'll, I'll, this is the closest one I'll make. It's, you know, her natural energy is her feminine energy. You know, if there's a, if there's a 70, 30 or a 40, 50 split or 51, 49 split, it's going to be towards her feminine energy. So allowing her to be in her natural energy is going to feel that much better for her. And she's just going to relax and she's going to presumably get into that state, which is, which is more fun for you as a man. What do you say? I, I do want to hear the structure, but quick question yeah. here, a uh, little pit stop. What do you say or think or believe about women when they hear something like this and then say that doesn't sound empowering at all mm -hmm. like i don't believe that he should be making okay. any decisions and that's i've i've fought hard for this yeah. responsibility and i don't want it taken from me yeah that's I, mean, I love that you said that because that's always the elephant in the room when we talk about this is women say whoa whoa no no so look this is i have two analogies one this is an opt-in game Mm. And there is no divine right of any of what we're talking about here, masculine, feminine. This is opt-in. So, you know, just my, my book is written for men who want to identify in their masculine, who are with a woman who wants to identify in her feminine in intimate moments. So it's definitely opt-in. So that's, that's one. Two is, is my tango analogy. So I, I, I dance tango occasionally, and it's a strong lead-follow dance. So when I'm, you know, when I'm leading my partner, I don't, you know, move her body and take her like that. You know, t elegant tango is when you throw out an invitation. You know, it's a subtle turn of the torso, for instance. And that is an invitation for her to move through that space that mm -hmm. I've created. So the leadership that I'm, that I'm talking about here is, is an invitation to, to, to your leadership. It's not a compulsion. So, um, for those women that say that, I, I say, yeah, absolutely. It's a choice. Men will, th you know, I'm coaching the men to throw out the invitation to you and it's your choice whether to pick it up. And if mm -hmm. it feels good to you, please do so. And if it does not feel good to you, then, uh, then that's okay too. 
Yeah. In this work, that's something that I think we have to consistently come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and just reminding people, like, this is always a choice. This is just something. It, the thing you said about this is for men who desire this kind of masculine mm-hmm. leadership and for yeah. them having a partner who is a feminine being desiring to be in that as well. Like, this yeah. is very specific work. Once you get in, like, then you're, you're really going into a, a pretty much the same direction. Like, once you've mm-hmm. opted into this, me, you, many of our co-teachers, we're going to be saying the same exact stuff around the leadership and the surrendering polarity doesn't matter if it, I mean, it can, it can switch depending on the gender. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to yep. always be the feminine being in the surrender, but it's polarity. That's literally what it is. It's the opposite ends of the pole. So we're going to be giving you this, the same information about it and you just have the choice if and when it serves. And if it doesn't, you know, it's totally cool. Like it doesn't, it doesn't need to be, and, and plenty of people have relationships where this is not a part of it, but it's kind of happening like on the DL, like the yeah. energetic shift is still happening. It's just not an yeah. intentional direction. So yeah. the structure. So the structure that I, that I talk about for men is, you know, number one, it, you're, we're talking about embodying uh, a, the qualities of clarity and decisiveness. So number one, it starts with knowing what you want. Like, there is no step two until you know what it is you want. So, you know, read chapter 10, go through some of that exercise that I, that I offer up and really start to get a sense of what you want. And then, yeah, you can make decisions. Like I'll give you an example to the, the sort of the, the more dictatorial, um, the, the woman that I was with, you know, we were out doing some things and I, I had promised her that I would sit down and help her with her taxes later that day after our hike. So we got done with our hike and uh, she's like, hey, why don't we, you know, why don't we go get a glass of wine? And I said, well, you know, I promised that we would get this done. And I know that you have a busy week. So let's just go home. And, and then she started to get a little, little aggro with me and kind of poked me a little bit. And it went on. And I just turned to her. I put my hands on her shoulders. I said, baby, we're going home. End of story. Let's go get in the car. <laughs> and she grumbled for about three or four minutes in the car. And then she said, you know what? I'm glad you did that. And so, you know, that's an example where, yeah, it's not egalitarian. Um, and a, and a, the typical reaction for a man to be like, okay, honey, because it'll make you happy, I'll agree to it. And then you start to lose the respect long term. Mm. So you're killing the golden goose by going after the golden egg uh, in, in that regard. So sometimes you need to do that. The other end of the spectrum, you can still bring structure without, you know, calling the ball, making the decision or telling her what to do. Um, I just look at it as simplifying a decision. So if you and I are talking about where we're going on vacation. It's not, hey, Madeline, you know, where, where do you want to go? You know, I'm, I'm going and, number one, tapping into what I think is interesting, coming up with three options, doing a little research on what plane flights cost and availability of a couple of hotels or a couple mm. of cities that we might go to. And then I come to you and I say, hey, Madeline, you know, I'd love to either go to Croatia, Italy, or, you know, Slovenia. I really wanted to do those. You know, here's, here's a few of the highlights that I looked up and, you know, tickets are $1,500. We talked about going this summer. How does that sound to you? You know, which of those, which of those, you know, and mm. then you have some structure to orient around. You, you can say no, you can say yes, you can say what about this other thing, but you now have a fulcrum around which to operate or orient that you didn't have if I just said, hey, Madeline, where do you want to go this summer? Yeah. There's a quote yeah. in your book that you know, it's, very related to this. I just want to read it for everyone listening. 
your masculine offering is to simplify the world's complexity for her, to yeah. reduce the confusion and the stress that are inherent in life, to synthesize information in driving decisions, to orient everyone towards a goal and move things forward. It is the energy of the king or the good father, an organizing force that creates order from disorder. It sets direction <laughs> and creates structure in which others can exercise their free will. Mm. That was just so perfectly written. Exactly yeah. why it's so, oh, like it drops m me in to have some sort of starting point. Yeah. And starting. I, I feel that it's a gift. Like I see myself as a very powerful woman. And mm. anytime I want to say no, I can say no. I can say yes. Like someone else creating this kind of foundation for me doesn't take anything away from me. If anything, it gives me a lot because now I get to dive deep into those three choices, then the three mm -hmm. million choices, which will overwhelm me and take me back to my bed where I just want to crawl up in a little ball because exactly. life is too stressful. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this is not daunting anymore. Let's do this. We're going on vacation. <laughs> oh my gosh i loved hearing that that because that was just the total feminine perspective on what i was talking about so yeah, yeah we get each other here <laughs> one one other question i did want to ask you about this sometimes i i feel um i don't feel guilty around it but i do feel concerns come up where i go well if the world is complex to me I don't want to put that burden on him. Like then it's just, why do I get to be the one that doesn't yeah. have the complexity? Why does he have to be the one? He's yeah. already doing so much. So I love that you brought that up. There, there's the egalitarian man, the modern man who says, well, we're equal partners now. So like, I, you know, yeah, bring me three options and I'll just sit back like a king. And you can, you know, you can do the work. So to those men, well, I, I can't address your, you know, the, the pseudo feelings of guilt on your side, but I can yeah. speak to the, to the men's side because we sometimes do that too. And I say, okay, men, that's great. Here's what's going, you're going to end up with, a woman in her masculine energy. And if you like that, then cool. But my guess is you, you like her more in her mm -hmm. feminine energy. So it's, it's your choice, men. You, know? you can also demand equality in this regard, or you can create the energy that you want. And if you don't, you know, if you just wait for her to, to bring the choices and do the work, then don't complain. You know, don't complain about the consequences of your woman in an intimate relationship or intimate situation being in her masculine. Mm. You know, it's just, it's a choice for the men. Mm. Yeah, I have to, I have to re remember that for myself of like, that's, mm. That's why it's because that state then allows me to bring a different gift to him that he wouldn't have right. if I was the one because we right. have access to the expressions and the range and like just the ripples of energy through our body that I don't think many primarily masculine beings have running through their body all day long. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I, even just when you said expressive, you know, I'm tantamount, you know, blah, and you smile, like for me, my energy rose. Mm. You know, just from that, and this, in this moment was coming up what we were talking about, like your expressive part, you know, like, I like that. I like that in women that I'm with. I like that quality. It does, I don't want them like that all the time. Oh my gosh. But I love it when it's one of those flavors. And so men, you know, that's what you're after. So, uh, you know, act accordingly mm. and lead. Because your, your pleasure is often it's created from her pleasure. Is that correct? Um, yes. When, when women I'm with are in their pleasure, it's, it's absolutely pleasurable for me. <laughs> yeah. Women I'm with in their expressiveness, it is absolutely pleasurable to me. It's, 
uh, yeah, it's something I've discovered in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize it before, and now that I do, it, it, it creates a ton of fulfillment for me when I'm in relationship and mm-hmm. she's in that, in that space. Oh, so many amazing, delicious things. <laughs> okay, so. so. There's one more point I want to make on structure yes. because men come to me and say, Please. how do I create structure or set direction when she's actually better at something than me? And I say, ah, because remember, we're talking about strong women here. And, and as, a, as a digression, the, the joke is that pretty much all women are strong women. So it's sort mm-hmm. of a ha-ha to me internally when I wrote it because I'm like, yeah, pretty much all women are strong women. Mm-hmm. But if you're with a strong woman, she's got to be better at you at certain things. And, um, and so you can still provide structure as a man and let her lead. So, you know, simple examples of, you know, if we're driving around town and she knows how to get to a place that, you know, because she goes to that neighborhood all the time, you know, I can say, all right, babe, I don't know how to get there, but I think, you know, you do, right? Yes. So I need you to, to navigate us, please. So even that mm-hmm. just little where I am setting the structure, I need you to lead us. Now, please lead us. Or, you know, another mundane example is I'm hopeless in the kitchen. I just get confused in there. And so when we, when I cook together with women I've been with, you know, I've said, Hey, tell me what to do. You know, just tell me what to do. And then, you know, somebody will, she'll hand me something to chop and I just do what I, what I'm told because I just, I get a little confused in the kitchen for some reason. So even that simple letting her know that she can tell me what to do helps her orient. And she's like, okay, all right, I got to, I'm going to leave this. And it just, I've, my experience has been, it's been, it's relaxed my feminine partner. And so there's all kinds of, you know, things that men can do to create some structure within which you are leading in a specific situation. And that I'd tend to, to feel good to both parties. That's hot. That is so hot. Like being told like you're going to lead now. Yes, please. I want that. I love that. Um, oh, there's just so many delicious, like I wouldn't even use the word nuggets in your book because it's more than nuggets. It's just like, it's a feast of divine conscious information <laughs> that I think women and men should read all of it. So I will make sure that I have the link to your book in the show notes for this episode. And before we go into the divine deep dive round, where can people connect with you online? So gsyoungblood.com is the easiest way. Um, There is a contact form for those who are interested in my coaching or any other aspects. Uh, You can also get on Facebook, uh, gsyoungblood. You just do the search bar and you can find me there and you can post questions. You can uh, uh, reach out for any other inquiries as well. Perfect. And the show notes will be at maddiemoon.com forward slash gs dash youngblood for all the links that we mentioned today. And the divine deep dive round. Okay. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts. Who is one of your greatest mentors? Um, one of my greatest mentors is uh, my father. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that he mentored me uh, in this realm, but he taught me what integrity was. And he taught me the way that he took care of my mom. I even get a little emotional even talking about it um, because my mom has passed um, is an example that I will set for my boys as well. Mm. What is the best investment under $10,000 you've made in the past year? (laughs) Yeah, I did a, I did a nine month men's program, uh, which was amazing and uh, has deepened me in a way that I did not expect. It was worth every penny. 
Yeah. Are you going to do it again? Yeah, I am actually. Third year in a row. It's addicting. I mean, I don't know yeah. about the men's, but this, this, this work is just addicting. Ah, okay. We have a common thread here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, if you don't have one already, but if I had you make up one on the spot, what would your word for 2020 be? Ooh. <laughs> okay. Word for 2020. Feeling. Hmm. Yeah. I, I need to feel what I'm feeling and there's some intense stuff there at times and uh, I want to feel it instead of creating story or trying to fix it necessarily. Oh, I love that. It makes me trust you even more hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. This one's a little bit more challenging, even more than that. <clears throat> oh, great. <laughs> if you had five different lives, what would they be? <laughs> <laughs> I know wow. five is a lot. It's a lot, but um, this is in my book, The Artist's Way. It's a way uh -huh. that we tap into our creativity and we think about something yeah. we wouldn't normally think of. So, if you just thought of anything from being a fishmonger, okay. sure. To, to okay. So okay. Five. Five is not quite as many as a cat. Five is not quite as many as a cat, but more than I have. So, uh, well, here goes. Okay. Number one, first and foremost, it's 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 pretty superficial, but. I'd be a rock star. Oh my God. I'd be on stage performing. Are you kidding me? This is a dream since I was 10 years old. Mm. Um, I would be, um, th this one's going to sound a little off. Uh, I would be a politician and I, a better way to say this public servant because the state of our country scares me. Mm. And, um, I would want to be a, a, a player in that rather than, in a, than rather than a bystander. Hmm. Um, I would, uh, can I, does one count if I've already been it? I was going to say military man, but I did spend, you know, four years as a military officer. Yeah. Cause uh, you are that. So yeah. Like, and but you could and, do it like a different ranking or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what it, the specifics would be, but I would do it. I would do it again in a different life. Um, hmm. d just serving your country. Um, was meaningful for me and still would be. Um, oh God, what? I've got two more here. <laughs> uh, ski bum. You know, that's a part of me that the part of me that just wants to say the hell with all this work, and I'm just going skiing and wants to escape. Well, so, that the cool thing about that is it's still very much available to you. Yeah. Like, go move to Aspen someday and just live in a cabin and ski all day long. Like I could see that for you. It's tempting. I've got a few, I've got a few responsibilities. I might be upset if I just cut out to the cabin, but uh, yeah, for a bit, you know, yeah. one day though. Yeah. Maybe, ne maybe next week when, now that we have snow. Um, okay. I've got one more. Um, now it, what's coming up is I would, I would have been a, th a therapist hmm. because the truth is that I, you know, I've been in, I've been a, I was a Silicon Valley executive for, for many years. And so I've been in business for a long time and, you know, being a capitalist is, is great, interesting, intellectually, it's amazing and challenging, but it was, I was always more interested in the people element. So what I do now is sort of in that vein, but being, you know, your profession, being helping people, um, would have been one alternate reality that I might've followed. Hmm. What I see you doing now, though, it's not too far from that. Yeah. It's yeah, really it, serving people. But the awesome thing is it's totally, it's totally by your 
plan. You get to do it however you want to do it. There's so much yeah. more creativity involved. Yeah, it's true. You can't do that as a therapist, but. Yeah, you've got some constraints because of state regulation and all that. But yeah, it feels good to help people uh, in this. We're helping men. I, like one of the motivations for my book is I don't want a man to ever go through what I went through, through, through a divorce. I don't want any kids to ever go through what my kids went through. Not that it was horrible. It was not for them. It was okay on the grand scheme of things, but. I would never have another kid exposed to a broken family or, or a separated home. And so if this book helps men step up a little bit and repair marriages before these things happen, like I feel good about that. I feel mm. very good about that. Mm. It's through the wound where the light enters. So ah, perfectly yeah. said. Okay. I'll pick two more questions here. Um, <laughs> what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is that uh, it's going to sound super cliche. You, it's like Go I've got it. it written on a bumper sticker. But, you know, at the end of the day, all the shit you worry about is irrelevant compared to how much you loved the people that matter to you. Mm. And I knew that as I watched my mom die. And, uh, and I still know it. Mm. Yeah, that reminder is something we need every single day. Mm -hmm. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. True. Last question. If you were an inanimate object, <laughs> what would you be and why? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, the, the naughty thing that came through my head, I'm just going to push aside. Um, no, say the naughty thing. No, I'm not going to say the naughty thing. But uh, We say naughty things on this podcast all the time. Um, Okay, fine. I would be a sex toy because it's around all the fun all the time. Yes. Okay, my reputation's going down the tubes when this hits the airwaves, but I say it anyway. Well, one of the questions that I ask a lot of the more feminine tantric guests that I have on, I say, if you were a sex toy, which one would you be? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Let's not make that the next question. Okay, we won't. We won't. <laughs> sex toy is really good and it's very spot on. It would be a great life to live. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> G.S., thank you so much for coming on to the Mind Body Musings podcast and for writing this book. Like I mm -hmm. said, it's going to be helping a lot of people. So your mission is already accomplished in my mind of creating mm -hmm. this. And, and now it's going to do its own art by finding its way to all the people that, that need it. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Madeline, for having me on. This was a ton of fun and I really feel like it resonated with you. So mm. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone, like I said, go to mattymoon.com forward slash gs-youngblood it's kind of a tongue twister to say and there you will see all the links that we mentioned a link to his book a link to anything else that we mentioned that you might want to go check out uh, let us know what you think about this podcast by heading on over to my instagram at madeline moon and commenting on his photo for the marketing for this podcast or go on over to the website and leave a comment what did you love what did you learn and maybe a great way to share this with your partner instead of just saying you need to listen to this it's just like leaving the link somewhere, posting it somewhere, sending it to them, uh, sending it to their best friend, and maybe their best friend will just magically <laughs> send it to your partner. Um, but send it to someone that you care about, someone that you know is trying to do good work in this world, being a masculine being and, and stepping into their own leadership and in relationship. We will see you all next week for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast and have a great rest of your day.